di bank. Good moment, America. How are you? This is the Terry Wilkerson Show. I am Terry, and as always, I want to thank you for joining me, an ordinary man, as I take a look at this extraordinary world. And America, it's beyond extraordinary. We're falling apart. But I'm not even going to start out with any type of clever quip. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, this country is falling apart at the seams. We have half the country who absolutely hates the other half, and that other half who claims that they're they're all about equality and and freedom and peace, love, dope, absolutely hate the other half. There is nothing in this country right now but hatred. There is no unity anymore. The United States of America is gone. We are now the divided states of America. And for everybody out there who says this is... A's responsibility, this is B's responsibility. No, you know who really caused all this? And I've talked about this on this show before. This all harkens back to the plans that Adolf Hitler and his cadre drew up in the 1930s in Germany to overtake Germany. This all goes back to a, a way to use society and to use social and civil unrest to overthrow governments. Now, I'm all about when a government steps out of bounds, it needs to be overthrown. I'm 100% behind it. But when you are creating, when you're inventing situations, when you're inventing injustices to use as an excuse, to use violent means to overthrow a duly elected government, that I have a problem with. That's what occurred in 2020. There was a violent civil unrest, quote-unquote, used to mask the theft of an election. And let me explain this to everybody out there. I don't give a fuck if it was Donald Trump that the election got stolen from. If the same thing had taken place and stole the election from Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton or or Howdy Doody, it wouldn't matter. The fact of the matter is, regardless of who was the Republican candidate, the election was stolen from them under the guise of a fake disease that does not exist. And I'm fucking tired of it. I'm tired of hearing COVID this, COVID that. It's a lie. It's a made-up disease. They looked at it and they went, hey, nobody's going to realize that this particular string of the flu is just the flu because we're going to tell them that it's going to kill 10% of the population of the world. We were told at the very beginning that half the fucking population in the United States was going to die from this. It was a lie. And it was a lie that our president at the time fell for. So even though even though that dumbass fell for it, bought into it, went along with the party line, the election was still stolen from him. And it was stolen right in front of our faces. And it was stolen using the false narrative of COVID. It was stolen using the false narrative of the canonization of George Floyd. You know, I know somebody who, um, who really, when George Floyd died, originally they, they blamed the police, and a lot of people did. A lot of people still do. When the truth came out, and they looked at the facts, they changed their mind. 
And that's what that's how that's how a society is supposed to function. That's how a brain is supposed to function. And this particular person is one of the smartest people I know, if for no other reason than once they figured out that the media was lying about the narrative, they changed their mind. Same thing that happened to me. I used to be a climate change guy until I realized that it was just the media controlling my mind and telling me what to believe in. When I went digging for one fact, one fact, one that would support anthropogenic climate change. You know what I found? Absolutely fucking nothing. Same thing this person found when they looked for one fact that would point to the police, quote-unquote, executing George Floyd. This is where we have gotten. All of this, all of this is a plan that started in the 1930s in Germany. I've talked about this on the show a thousand times. Hitler and his cadre put this social unrest, social justice program together, and it extended through the Frankfurt School into the United States. And in the 1960s, they used, does this sound familiar? They used the civil rights movement as a mask for their true intentions, which was to overthrow everything that the country stood for. Guys like Dr. Martin Luther King, and even to an extent Malcolm X, They were out there fighting for what they truly believed in. They believed in the cause. You know who didn't believe in the fucking cause? Angela Davis, Huey P. Newton, those guys. The people who advocated for the violent overthrow, not just of a government. Again, I say this a million times. If the government steps out of bounds, it needs to be dealt with. But they weren't advocating for the overthrow of a government. They were advocating for the overthrow of a way of life. They were advocating for the complete and total destruction of the United States of America. They used the peace, love, and dope hippie movement as a mask. They used the second and third wave feminist movements as a mask. And guess what? It worked. It worked for them. They finally, it took them 80, 90 years, but it worked. They've managed to divide this country. They've managed to split it right down the middle. They waited for a flashpoint. The fake COVID, the death of George Floyd, and the fact that we had a president in office who, yes, he's an asshole. But you know what? He was an asshole who tried to do what was right for the country first. Everything came together. And they used it to create the biggest conflagration means fire for those of you in Delaware County that they possibly could they put all of those eggs in one basket and it worked for them they stole an election they didn't just steal the election from him they stole it from the American people they stole it from the United States of America and in doing so they created that divide right down the middle congratulations you did it And congratulations to all of you out there who, oh, the election wasn't stolen. George Floyd was murdered by evil cops. Congratulations, you're just as fucking responsible as the people who actively participated in the theft of the election. You're just as guilty as the people who actively participated in the riots. You're just as guilty. And when the next form of civil war, and I have said a thousand times, I do believe there's another one coming, and this time it's between the keyboard warriors and the patriots. When it comes you better figure out which fucking side you're on. Because it's not going to be pretty. The politicians are the same way. The politicians have added to the fire. All in the name 
of keeping their elected office, keeping their power, keeping their glory, keeping their money. The elected officials we have out there, one and all, from the top all the way down, from the President of the United States down to the school board member in your neighborhood, every single one of them is by nature corrupt and has to go. Get them all out of office. The, 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 the movement, the VTO, vote them out. Vote every single one of them out. They're, they're going after our children now. And I don't care what you think that you think when it comes to whether or not a child at the age of five can tell whether they're a boy or a girl. Well, I feel like a boy or I feel like a girl. No. No, you may try to convince yourself that you believe that, but you don't. And if you do, you shouldn't have a fucking kid. This is disgusting. And it tears at the very heart and the very fabric of what made this country what it is. They are telling your children that they don't need your permission as a parent to decide whether they're a boy or a girl. They are sexualizing our children. And you stand by and watch. And you stand by and say, oh, it's okay. Little Johnny and little Susie, they're three, but they're old enough to make their own decisions. They're, they're, they're old enough to be told bedtime stories by drag queens. I have no problem with drag queens. I've known quite a few in my life. A lot of them, in fact, I could say 99.9% of them, really good people. And the 0.01% that I don't put in that category, I didn't know them well enough to say yes or no. I could say I've never met a truly evil drag queen in my life. But then again, I haven't met the ones out in California who are reading bedtime stories to our children and putting feather boas on little Johnny at the age of three. This is where we're at. We're that divided. And it's not going to get any better. Especially when it comes to our politicians. Especially when it comes to our so-called government. We have to tear it down. We have to start all over again. We're going to remain the divided states of America until we reunite under the banner of we the people and fuck the government. Speaking of our government, if you haven't seen this one yet, look this up. Look this up on Twitter. Or hell, just Google it if it hasn't been scrubbed yet. Uh, Pramila Jayapal, who is, I believe she's a representative. I don't think she's a senator. I believe she's a representative. I know she's a member of the squad. That's how irrelevant she is to me. But uh, she faced a backlash for posting a tweet on 9-11, a memorial tweet that included the 19 hijackers of the airplanes as deceased on 9-11. She had tweeted, and I quote, Today we remember the 2,996 people who were killed on 9-11 and all those who lost their lives while serving our country in the forever wars that followed. The forever war started by George W. Bush, who lied about everything, just like his father was a fucking liar. But those wars were continued by Congress. It's not like we the people said, yeah, let's just keep fighting for no reason. Nope. No, this was this was an invention of Congress. This was an invention of the President of the United States. And it was furthered by Barack Obama. And it was even further... Oh, my God. Donald Trump, thank God, was the first president to go, nah, maybe we should put an end to this. But he didn't put a decisive end to it. So he's just as much to blame. I 
don't ever forget, folks. I blame Trump for everything he did wrong. But Pramila Jayapal, a member of our legislative branch counting the 9-11 terrorists as victims on 9-11? Fuck you. That's the only thing I have to say there. Fuck you. Speaking of 9-11, we uh, always do our This Week in History segment. Well, obviously this week there is only one topic. There is only one This Week in History from this past week that we need to talk about, and that is September 11, 2001. We were all there. Which is why I get really angry with people who call 9-11 an inside job or a conspiracy theory or the towers were detonated. The world watched it happen in live in real time. We watched it happen live. I know really intelligent people, very, very intelligent people, who are under the delusion that 9-11 was an inside job and that the towers were brought down using explosives. And, you know, the people I think of like family, and in fact, family, who believe this. And I can't, I can't stomach it. Because we all saw it happen. And to our government... It was too stupid to hide a break-in at a hotel in 1973. So what the fuck makes you think that they could hide something that massive? It it hurts my heart when people say it was an inside job or that the towers were brought down by an explosive or you know where's the plane that where's the plane that hit the Pentagon? I don't know. Maybe the fucking plane that hit the Pentagon. It's not really that difficult. We all saw it happen. Trust your eyes. Trust your trust yourself. Trust your own and not your interpretation of the facts. Trust the facts when you see them. Instead of believing some mass market mainstream asshole like Michael Moore telling you down the road, oh, this was a conspiracy, that was a conspiracy, this was made up, that was made up. You didn't really see that. This is some 1984 shit. So we're talking about September 11. We're talking about the event in our history in this past week. And I took the liberty of printing out here kind of a blow-by-blow. Not necessarily a minute-by-minute of what happened, but I think it's very important that we all remember exactly what took place. September 11, 2001, at 7.59 a.m., American Airlines Flight 11 carrying 81 passengers and 11 crew members, departed 14 minutes late from Logan International Airport in Boston, bound for Los Angeles International Airport. Five of those 81 passengers were hijackers. At 8.14 a.m., United Airlines Flight 175, carrying 56 passengers and 9 crew members, that was printed... Wow, this is interesting. I thought I printed it out twice, but no. Departs 14 minutes late from Logan International Airport in Boston... Bound for Los Angeles International Airport. Five hijackers are on board. Never thought about that. At 8.14, also, Flight 11, I th- you know what, I think where I downloaded this from, I think the publisher made a mistake there. Flight 11 is hijacked over central Massachusetts, turning first northwest, then south. At 8.20, American Airlines Flight 77... A Boeing 757 with 58 passengers and 6 crew members depart 10 minutes late from Washington Dulles International Airport heading for Los Angeles. Five hijackers were on board. 842, United Airlines Flight 93. 
A Boeing 757 with 37 passengers and 7 crew members depart 42 minutes late from Newark International Airport bound for San Francisco. Four hijackers were on board. Approximately 8.42 a.m. Flight 175 is hijacked above northwest New Jersey, about 60 miles northwest of New York City, continuing southwest briefly before turning back to the northeast. At 8.46 and 40 seconds. Flight 11 crashes into the north face of the North Tower, one World Trade Center, of the World Trade Center, between floors 93 and 99. The aircraft enters the tower intact. We have seen the video. We have seen the FDNY video of the first plane hitting. And this is where I get pissed off. Because you fucking people out there who denied that it ever happened. We all saw it happen. We especially saw the second plane. But we have video of that first plane. Fuck you when you say, no, it never happened. At any rate, at approximately 8.50, Flight 77 is hijacked above southern Ohio, which turns around to the southeast. 9.03, Flight 175 crashes into the south face of the South Tower, 2 World Trade Center, between floor 77 and 85. Parts of the plane, including the starboard engine, leave the building from its east and north sides, falling to the ground six blocks away. This is what the entire world saw happen live. I know I saw it. I was on the phone when that second plane hit. I was watching it live. Don't fucking tell me it didn't happen. 928. Flight 93 is hijacked above northern Ohio, turning to the southeast. At 937, Flight 77 crashes into the western side of the Pentagon and starts a violent fire. That's another one you can't tell me didn't happen. Don't tell me it was a fucking bomb. Because I know better. I personally know better. Don't give me that shit. If you are fucking... If you're one of these people who believes that 9-11 was an inside job or never happened or, or, or the buildings were demolished, do me a favor. Don't listen to this episode and don't come back to the fucking show ever. I don't want you here. That, that's how sick you have to be to believe that. 9.45 a.m. United States, Air, United States airspace is shut down. All operating aircraft are ordered to land at the nearest airport and international flights are not permitted into airspace. At 9.57, the passengers above aboard Flight 93 begin a revolt against the hijackers in an attempt to take back the plane. Two minutes later, the south tower of the World Trade Center collapses 56 minutes after the impact of Flight 175. At 10.03 and 11 seconds, Flight 93 is crashed by its hijackers. As a result of fighting in the cockpit, 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh in the town of Shanksville, Pennsylvania, in Somerset County. Later reports indicate the passengers had learned about the World Trade Center and Pentagon crashes and were resisting the hijackers. The 9-11 Commission believes that Flight 93's target was either the U.S. Capitol Building or the White House in Washington, D.C., at 10.28, the North Tower of the World Trade Center collapses one hour and 42 minutes after the impact of Flight 11. The Marriott Hotel, located at the base of the two towers, is also destroyed. At 10.50 and 19 seconds, five stories of part of the Pentagon collapse due to the fire. Hours later, at 5.20, 7 World Trade Center, a 47-story building, collapses as a result of the damage from the attacks. All in all, 2,977 people 
died in the September 11 attacks. I did not put in the hijackers. Because I don't consider them people. I sure as fuck don't consider them victims. 6,000 people plus were injured. Of the 2,977 fatal victims, 2,753 were killed at the World Trade Center and the surrounding area, 184 at the Pentagon, and 40 in Pennsylvania. That's the only this week in history you need to know. There's been this long-standing idea about not showing the footage from 9-11. If you ask me, every anniversary, every 9-11, we should not only show the footage, it should be broadcast live on every channel in the United States, start to finish from the minute it all began to the minute it all ended. Because the only thing that united us on September 12th it wasn't any type of love or peace. It wasn't any type of spirit other than just pure anger at what had happened. Anger at the attack on this country. And that's where we need to be again. Because we're being attacked now a different way. And until we get it through our heads as a country, until we get unified in our anger again... We're just going to let this keep happening. The anger on both sides right now is what's keeping the divide because one side is pissed off about a non-existent St. Floyd. The other side is pissed off about what they consider to be some right to force their religion upon other people. I mean, here in Pennsylvania, we have an upcoming senatorial election. Is that a word? We have an upcoming congressional election. And our two candidates for Senate are... A seven-foot-tall, lurch-looking motherfucker who is a clone of Bernie Sanders. And the other candidate is some jackass Oprah Winfrey fucking puppet who couldn't find Pennsylvania on a map. Our gubernatorial election? We have one guy who is a, a scion of Tom Wolfe, the most destructive governor in the history of Pennsylvania and on the other side, we have Doug Mastriano. We have a guy who believes that his religion has to be everybody's. Look, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe that Jesus is my Savior. But that's my belief. And it doesn't fucking belong in politics. Your religious beliefs are yours to live your own life by, not to force on other people. It's in the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. But certain people don't give a shit about that. This is why I keep telling everybody in America, both sides are full of shit. Both sides are wrong. Both sides are fucked up. And until we the people get enough anger in us to push back on all sides of this, until we find that same level of American pride and love of our individual freedoms that we felt on September 11th, until that moment, that divide is only going to get worse and worse and worse. Love thy neighbor, huh? Well, nowadays it's love thy neighbor unless you voted for Donald Trump. Or love thy neighbor un unless you're a Christian conservative. And as much as I do blame both sides, make no mistake, the ultra-left, they're the worst out of all of this. But they all need to go. You hear me say it all the time. They all need to go. That civil war, that second civil war, 
It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be pretty. Don't forget September 11. You said you wouldn't. You said you wouldn't forget, and you did. And every single day, especially since 2020, every single day, we prove that as a nation, we have completely forgotten September 11. 2,977 lives lost on that day. Do you still care? I know, I'm still pissed. All right. Our Q&A this week. Uh, we took one question for this episode this week, and it uh, the question is simply, Gerber or Leatherman? America, I do carry a Leatherman. If you're watching the video version of this on either Odyssey or Rumble, you can see I'm holding up. This is my Leatherman Wave. I've had this multi-tool, I believe, about 10 years now. Uh, before that, I had a sidekick, a wingman, a super tool 300, which I still have. I owned at one point a Micra and a PST, and my original one that I bought was a Surge. Leatherman or Gerber is actually a pretty simple question. 99% of the time, I'm going to say Leatherman. I just think the quality is a lot better. The heft is a lot better. The, the feel in your hand is a lot better. The tool selection is a lot better. I think Gerber tends to put way too many unusable flatheads into its multi-tools. The, there's two areas where Gerber has an advantage over Leatherman. The first one is in their one-hand style tool. The Gerber one-hand style tool is called the center drive, I believe. And it, it feels like you're holding a tool. It feels like you have stainless steel in your hand. The Leatherman version, the one-hand tool, feels like a cheap toy. It feels like it's plastic. And that kills me to say because, you know, Leatherman... Le to me, Leatherman is a multi-tool. But the one-hand tool, it's just not a good quality to me. I don't trust... I never owned one, but I did mess around with one at a gun show a few years ago. And just deploying the pliers, it felt like the, the liners that hold the pliers in, it felt like they were going to crack. I mean, it just does not feel like a sturdy tool, whereas the center drive feels sturdy. The other area where Gerber has an advantage over Leatherman is in the current stock of knives. Back in the day, I'd say about 20 years ago, Leatherman had a knife series called the Crater. And there was about 15 different variations in that series. They were great knives. They were... They were all uh, 428C, if I recall. I think in the later runs, they switched over to a uh, an MOV steel. I think it was a 3CR. So the steel quality went down a little bit, but the knives were great. And they had, you know, most of them had one little tool added onto them, like a bit drive. Like the, the, the Wave and modern Leathermans all have this bit drive where you can switch around the, um, the proprietary Phillips and slotted screwdrivers. Uh, a lot of the craters had that. A few years ago, they went from... They retired the Crater series, and they went from that to... I, I believe it's the Free T-series. Again, I have... I've played around with the Free series in both the multi-tool and the knives. Not a fan. I don't... The Free series multi-tools are held together by magnets. Number one, that just screams... Uh, not going to hold up under pressure. And 
Number two, I, I don't like the idea of having a magnet on my belt near my phone or near my wallet. And I do carry an RFID-lined wallet. I think everybody should. So I don't like the magnets. I don't like the way it's put together. These modern, the modern Leatherman knives, just not good quality. They feel like dollar store Swiss Army knives. I can't get into them. I've tried. I really did. I, 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 I didn't field test them per se, but I have, like I said, messed around with a few, played around with a few. Don't care to buy them. So... Gerber, however, continues to make the same quality knives that it always has. They are a consistent knife maker. Which is funny because, yes, this is Gerber the baby food company. So your answer between Gerber and Leatherman, 99% of the time Leatherman. But when it comes to the current run of knives and when it comes to the one-hand style tools, Gerber all the way. Um, But uh, Gerber, knife-wise, I think I own two or three Gerbers. I do not own a Gerber multi-tool. All of my multi-tools are Leatherman. I carry, as I showed you, the Wave with me on a daily basis. That's my EDC. I have a Super Tool 300 that I keep in my car. And there is a Skeletool that I keep. I switch it back and forth between my bug out bag and my fly fishing bag. So there's your answer. Leatherman 99% of the time. And that brings me to a final thought that I want to bring up here. You know, the Terry Wilkerson show, you know I've never held back about what I think about the world. I started the show because I was pissed off at the world. And nowadays I'm just more hurt at what the world has become. And I keep talking about the upcoming Second Civil War. And you can be the judge as to exactly what extent that second civil war will reach. But the fact is, no matter what plateau it reaches, you have to be ready for it. So the way I see it, you have two options, America. You can either stick your head in the sand and say, eh, I'll, I'll deal with it when it comes, if it comes. Or you can prepare yourself. And personally, I choose to be prepared. I choose to prepare myself for a lot of things. I choose to prepare myself for the possibility of an EMP. I choose to prepare myself for the possibility of a coronal mass ejection. I choose to prepare myself for the possibility of an invasion from a foreign enemy. I choose to prepare myself for the possibility of a second civil war. And I now choose to use my show to try and help other people prepare as well. We the people made this country great by doing things the old-fashioned way. But everybody wants to push for newfangled this, newfangled that. Look, everybody wants you to get an electric vehicle now because it's better for the environment. As I said, I used to be a climate change guy and couldn't find a stitch of evidence that it was real. So ask yourself why. The first question you should always ask when they try to change the way things have always been the first question you need to ask is why why does it need to change because 99% of the time it's being changed for the sake of change or it's being changed so that they can control something they want you to switch to an electric vehicle they want to make internal combustion engines illegal they want to switch everything over to an electric vehicle why 
because they can control your electric vehicle. Did you ever stop and think of that? That jackass Elon Musk with his Skylink system, his Skynet, whatever the hell it's called. I can almost guarantee you this asshole would turn around and sell it. And I talked about this last week. I guarantee you this jackass is going to turn around and sell access to that system to the highest bidder. And then they control every one of your fucking EVs. So don't worry your little head off about, well, should I go out and get this Tesla? No, don't get a Tesla. Don't get an electric vehicle of any form. Go out and find yourself a pre-1980s General Motors or Ford or, 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 or Dodge or something. Something that was built in the days before fucking computers ran everything. Question why they're trying to force you to buy these electric vehicles. It's not about the environment. I guarantee you that. Just as sure as I'm sitting here, I guarantee you that. It's about control. That's the only thing that the government cares about anymore is control. And notice this is not people. This is not normal citizens running around going, we want the electric vehicles. No, this is the government telling you you have to have it. How the fuck is that acceptable? It's not. Be prepared. And you have to prepare in your mind first. You have to understand what's going on in the world. You have to understand what's coming first. That is the very first step to being prepared. You have to acknowledge that there is something to be prepared for. Kind of like the the Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program. The first is admitting you have a problem. That's what we have to do here. As a country, we have to admit that we have a problem. We have to admit that something is going wrong and that we have to be prepared for it. You have somewhere in your family, you have that person that you think is a wackadoo that preps for an end-of-the-world situation, zombie apocalypse, shit hits the fan, Tetawaki, whatever particular um, scenario name you want to give it. Sit down and talk to that person. Open your mind to it. And find out why. What it was. What was the impetus? What was the trigger? What was the flashpoint that made them want to start prepping? Why did they go to Costco and buy that $100, you know, 25 gallon or whatever it is um, box of ready to eat meals they're not quite MREs but kind of are what made them decide to start doing that why did they start stocking up on canned goods why did they start hoarding ammunition what was it talk to them find out what that flashpoint was and see if maybe you don't recognize the same symptoms of our life now as Americans comparative to what made them start to get into prepping survival Z-Day shit whatever find out and see if you don't maybe find a little bit of their belief system in your own being prepared for what's coming isn't crazy it's smart it's as intelligent as it can get Stocking up on food, water, supplies. You should be doing that no matter what. I mean, even FEMA, the fucking you know, federal emergency management, e- even the, the ultra-lefty alphabet agencies in this country recommend that you do it. But because 
we have a society where people, well, Ted Nugent says to do it, and he's an idiot. He's a nut job. Yeah, he's a nut job. He's an awesome musician. He's a cool as shit guy. He's a fucking phenomenal marksman. And yes, he believes in stockpiling goods for a potential apocalypse. So do I. What's your point? If you think I'm crazy, fine. If you think he's crazy, fine. But you can you can think that people are crazy, but don't think that the idea of prepping is crazy. Because the idea of not being prepared is what's crazy. Do you ever leave your fucking house without your phone fully charged? Let me give you a, an insider tip. That's part of being prepared. Making sure that your phone is charged. Making sure that you have your wallet. Making sure that you have your car keys. Making sure your stupid fucking EV is fully charged. Making sure you know when you're driving across country to go to Altamont or whatever the fuck festival you're going at over in California, you know where to charge your EV along the way. That's all part of being prepared. Prepping is not crazy. You don't have to be a lunatic. You just have to have an open mind. You have to have a mind that accepts the possibility that something can go wrong. And even if it's just a minute, a minor form of being prepared, start looking into it. Because shit is going to go sideways soon, in some form or another. We saw it happen during the George Floyd riots. We saw it happen during the COVID pandemic when people couldn't find toilet paper and people couldn't find basic necessities but yet those of us who had a stock of toilet paper those of us who had a stock of soap we're the weirdos sorry folks you know preppers and survivalists aren't the weird ones they're the smart ones it used to be that if you knew how to do things like fix your own car, if you knew how to do things like make your own dresses or, or, or sew or cook at home or can, uh, grandmas, every grandma in history up until about 1995 knew how to can peaches or jelly or apple butter. This was normal. And I, I think it still is. Just we have a generation that is so fucking lazy. We have a generation that is so in its own universe that it doesn't want to put in the effort. That's the problem with most people that that, that I think are sitting back and watching the downfall of the country is they don't want to put in the effort. I don't mind putting in the effort. Most of the people around me don't mind putting in the effort. Because it benefits us, it benefits our family, it benefits our country. You're not going to get anywhere if you're not ready. You would prepare for a test, right? You would you you would research the new iPhone before you buy No, never mind. You people don't do that. You just buy the new fucking iPhone. You would study for a test. So why wouldn't you be prepared for the possibility of anything happening? My show here has been political, it's been apolitical, it's been a historical review, it's been a lot of things. But you know what it's always been, from the very beginning, from the time it was the major malfunction, up until this very episode right now. You know what it's always been? It's always been mine. And I have, um, have a lot of listeners, a lot of viewers all around the world, and I thank every single one of them. And I do have people who've contacted me 
and said that they didn't really like the direction the show was going in. Well, then start your own. That's what I did. I didn't. I couldn't find a podcast that presented the world the way I liked it, so I created one. I couldn't find a video channel that presented the world the way I wanted to see it, it, it with the presentation-wise, so I created one. And that's something people are going to have to get accustomed to. This is my show. This is my view of the world. I've said that every opening, I believe for the last two seasons of this show, I've started out with, I'm just an ordinary man looking at an extraordinary world. And that tells you something. That, that tells you right off the bat that it's my view of the world. And I want to thank everybody who tunes in for my view of the world. And at the same time, I know there's a lot of you out there who don't share it. Thank you for continuing to tune in if you do. But if you truly are disgusted, the way I am when somebody talks about 9-11 being an inside job, if you're truly disgusted by the show, then I, I, I can't sit here and ask you to tune back in. Especially knowing that going forward, I'm probably going to be talking about some things that people aren't comfortable with. The website's probably going to host some content that people might not be comfortable with. And by not comfortable with, I mean there are people out there who have such a liberal panty waist mentality about everything that when you even mention the word gun, they go running for mommy. Well... That's fine. Go get your white claw. Climb into your Prius. Do up your fucking douche not man bun. And, I, I don't know, go listen to Pod Save America or something. But for those of you who are going to stand with the United States, and who are going to stand with me, and stick around for this show, I thank you. And we're just going to move forward, because we're not giving up on this country. We're not giving up on the old-fashioned way of life the way that built this country. If you're watching the video version, you see that I'm wearing a number three hat. This is the number three of Dale Earnhardt, one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. Still not Richard Petty. Love Dale to death. Raise hell, praise Dale. Not the greatest, though. Second. Second greatest of all time. But Dale was a representation of everything to help make this country what it was. He was a man. He was tough. He did things his own way. He did things on his own. You know, this was a guy who would get out and fix his own car during a race. You don't see that shit in NASCAR nowadays. You don't even see that shit in the world nowadays. We need to take back this country. That anger I talked about earlier, that's the only way that we're going to ever bring this country back together. That's the only way we're ever going to be truly united again is to find that spirit. And maybe anger is the wrong word. Maybe spirit is the word I'm looking for. But the only way we're going to find that is by taking a step back. We can't keep moving forward mindlessly. We have to step backwards. We have to go back to the way things used to be. And I'm not talking about segregation or women's rights. Just shove that shit up your ass. I'm so fucking tired of people saying, oh, no, you want to go backwards to a time when women couldn't have contraception. No, nobody's saying that. But it would be kind of beneficial if we went back to the days where people knew how to work on their own cars, where people knew how to can and jar preserves, where people went hunting and fishing, where people actually got out of the house, turned off the fucking PlayStation, got out of the house and did something. 
I'm trying to dedicate more of my life to that. And I'm dedicating more of this show and more of the website to that old lifestyle. Because we have to go back. We have to reclaim the way things used to be. Otherwise, it's not only that those things aren't going to exist, it's our way of life won't exist. Thank you for joining me on this week's show. We will see you next week. And until we do, America... Have a great. The Terry Wilkerson Show is a production of 1975 Podcast Productions, a division of 1028 Media. Go to www.terrywilkerson.com for more information. The Terry Wilkerson Show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon Music, and wherever you download your fine podcast content. Please like, share, subscribe, and if you're on a platform where you can do so, give us a five-star rating. That's all for this time, and until next time, have a great...